We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, Brian, let's jump right in. Stacking up, we're going to be talking the Notre Dame defense versus the Florida State offense. We're going to break it all down for you. I tell you, this, as we were talking yesterday about the the opposite, right? We're talking about the, the Notre Dame offense versus the Florida State defense. I was really excited to talk about this group today. Yes. Um, this is going to be the best matchup of the game. Yeah, and I'm I'm very excited to see what this defensive line brings to the table. I'm Look. We're going to see Marcus Freeman's imprint on this defense for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And we, of all, everybody in the chat, you and me, the media, the the, the national, Marcus Freeman, Marcus Freeman, Marcus Freeman, right? And, right. and with rightfully so, with what he's done on the recruiting trail, et cetera, this is where the rubber meets the road. We actually get to see a Marcus Freeman-led Notre Dame defense live and in person. I'm fired up for it. I'm excited about it. And there's some intriguing matchups here when we're talking about this side of the football versus uh, Florida State's offense. You know, Vince, you've heard me talk a lot about I feel like Florida State's trending in the right direction, and I think this team's going to be better this year. And and I think they're going to be, you know, especially if they can pull off some early season big wins, I think that they're a team that could you know, not only be bowl contending, but you know, maybe win seven or eight games and then head into next year more, op- you know, more optimistic about, hey, they're really turning a corner. And then you listen to yesterday and we're just trashing the defense, right? So you're like, where, where's the optimism coming from? This is the side of the ball where my optimism is coming from. And it's not just the present, but the future yeah. at Florida State. But today we're going to focus on the present because that's the thing that matters about this matchup. And here's a couple realities about Florida State. They are not the Florida State of old. There's no Peter Warwick on the other side of the field, right? There's no Warwick Dunn. Uh, there's no Tony Baselli at left tackle, right? I had uh, there, no idea he went to Florida State. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm, 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 no, the, Tony Baselli. Tony Baselli went to USC. Where, oh. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. I was like, wow, okay, yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't know because then he played it. He played it. Uh, he played at uh, Jacksonville. Uh, or, uh, Walter Jones. That's who I'm thinking of. Okay. That's who I'm thinking of. You know, there, there's there's none of those guys that are going to be you know going to be showing up on this football team. You know the. It, Charlie Ward's not playing quarterback for them, you know? And and so when I look at this football team, I say, okay, that is true. 
But at the same time, that doesn't mean that they're a bunch of bums either. There's some right. good football players on this side of the ball, and they're skill players, although there is no Warwick Dunn. This is going to be one of the best, best backfields that Notre Dame is going to face at running back. There's no Peter Warwick at wide receiver. But this is a good group of wide receivers. There's some decent depth there. They got a grad transfer from Kansas we're going to talk about. They got a good tight end. There's weapons there for the quarterbacks to work with. No elite players. It's just a good group. Quarterback's a bit of a question mark. There's two yeah. different types of players. And then the offensive line was terrible last year. But uh, there was at one point last year, however, that they started four freshmen in one game. Those guys Ooh. are all back. Right. And they all have a lot of butt whoopings under their belt that, as you and I have found out in the past, those butt whoopings when you're a freshman become fuel for you when you're a sophomore, a junior, and a senior. You learn sure. from those. And so when I look at this football team, do I think that they have enough to beat Notre Dame? Not if they both play good games. Notre Dame's still the better team. But is there enough firepower on this offense? That if the Notre Dame defense doesn't, you know, if the Notre Dame offense makes mistakes, if the defense makes mistakes, that they could, they could create some problems for Notre Dame. Well, and this is one of those matchups where you know you and I, you and I have talked in the past about when we were when we were projecting, right? When we were doing our projections on Saturday, that there Notre Dame's facing some teams that can score the football, and they haven't shown in the past that they can score the football. But I think right. this year's group has the ability to potentially put up some points and maybe protect that defense a little bit, right? And and yeah, and right. When you said that they're ascending, it right, it's it's this side of the ball. And this side right. of the ball is gonna have to ascend because of the defense a little bit, right? In order for yeah, them to a degree. Yeah. To a degree. I it's mean, like that's... I I think the defense is going to be better. We talked about that yesterday, but it's like better from being awful. Right. 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 Uh, the offense wasn't awful last year. There were parts right. of the offense that weren't good, pass game wise, especially protecting the quarterback. Not good. Yeah. Uh, I don't see any like future first round draft picks coming back on the offensive line, but it's also not a terrible group. The talent level isn't what it was two, three years ago when it was like you can bring back all the returning starters you want. <laughs> they were terrible. Much. Yeah. Right? right. That's not the case with this group. There's some good players there. They're just young. You know, they're sure. going to start three redshirt freshmen. And you can call them redshirt freshmen. They're returning starters. They're, Florida State is essentially writing the COVID year into the eligibility of all their players, which is fine. I'm okay with that. So sure. there's three guys that they lift, list as redshirt freshmen on the depth chart that can be misleading because normally redshirt freshmen aren't returning starters. Well, three, all three of those guys started at least four games last year. Yeah. So those are the things you look at and say, you know, there's some potential – and this is all. This is the reason why I've said I would much rather play this group in the opener than in October, right. and November, when they get their sea legs, you know, and they, right. they kind of get things figured out. That's a really good right. point. Right. All right, so let's jump in. We when we when we talk our stacking up show, we generally we talk about the rush offense, defense. We talk about pass offense, defense, and we talk about total. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with the rush, and we're going to start with what? Well, based on the rankings of last year. Both teams were the best at when we're talking about Mm -hmm. this side of the football. So Notre Dame's rush defense, 16th in the country. Florida State's rush offense, 31st in the country, which Mm -hmm. I will admit when I looked that up uh, this afternoon, I was a little bit surprised uh, by that fact that they they averaged one-tenth of a yard under 200 yards a game on the ground. Uh, Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing to think about, Vince. 
31st in the, in the nation with 199.9 yards per game. Look at where they rank, however, in tackles for loss allowed. <laughs> Imagine what their run game would look like if they didn't right. rank 104th in tackles for loss allowed. And now, part of that is, and, and we'll, we'll show this here real quick. Let's just kind of look ahead real fast. Uh-oh. Sacks allowed, they ranked yeah. 112th. Right. Right. So that was part of it, too. But even if you look at the tackles for loss, they gave up 29 sacks. And again, they only played nine games last year. That means they gave up what 37 tackles for loss. That's a lot. That's a lot. Okay, Uh, that's a lot to give up. And that comes from being a young, inexperienced offensive line. They're a massive offensive line. So when they played right, they could push people. That's the thing about them. When you look at their depth chart, Vince, you know, left to right, their offensive line is 312. 321, 280, 323, and 294. They got some athletic, some big dudes on there. And so when you look at it, you say, okay, they had success running the ball. Where'd that come from? Where, where'd that success come from? And when you break Florida State down last year, you look at a couple things, as we talked about before. One of the better uh, running back groups they're going to have, Deshaun Corbin, transfer from Texas AM, played for them last year. He ran for a 401 yards. Uh, Lawrence Toffoli ran for 356 yards and averaged 9.6 yards per carry. And their quarterback, Jordan Travis, ran for 559 yards a game. He led them in rushing last year, 5.8 yards per carry. Think about that when you also consider how many times he was sacked. Yeah. Sacks in college count towards your run game. Which is ridiculous, but that's a whole other show. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. So when you think about that, they had a quarterback that was sacked a lot who still averaged 5.8 yards per carry. That's that's where you want to know why they're good in a run game. It's they got talent and they got a, a quarterback that can run. Yeah. You look at the two backs, you look at uh, Ja'Shawn Corbin is a is a, a, a physical runner. I wouldn't call him like a bulldozer or anything, like that, but he runs hard. He's a lot like Sebo Flemister. He doesn't look like he'd be a guy that's a physical runner. He's not like – he's not – doesn't look like Audric Estime, for example, but he runs hard. He makes good reads. He's a slasher. You know, a, a physical guy, one cut, get downhill, hit people, and you know doesn't have great speed, but he's a quick. He's a good athlete. He's just not like he's more Dexter Williams than he is Chris Tyree. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and so he's a good back. Then you bring Lawrence Tofili in there. He's you know six one, six two. He can catch the ball. He's a home run hitter. You know, he averaged last year over nine yards a carry. You know, it was very similar to kind of what De- the numbers Dexter Williams put up. If you remember back in 2017, Vince, when when Dexter Williams ran for what was it like, you know, 300 some yards, but he averaged over nine yards a carry because he didn't carry much, but when he did, it was a big play. Yeah, yeah. and that's kind of what it was. It was it was you know they're not built like thunder and lightning, but like production wise, they're thunder and lightning. Right, right, same effect. Yeah, Deshaun Corbin's at five yards a carry, hammer. You know, you look at Lawrence Tofili, who, you know, there was a game where he had zero carries, a game where he had three carries for one yard against another name, three carries for one yard, although he did catch a pass for 31 yards. No carries against Carolina, didn't play against NC State, one carry for minus one yard against Pitt. But then there's, you know, eight carries for 64 yards at Miami. Remember, Miami had two DNs get drafted in the first round last year. He had 12 carries for 99 yards against Jacksonville State. And then he ended the season against Duke with seven carries for 117 yards. Yeah, that'll help. You know, and then you look at how they played in that game against Duke. Now, again, Duke was terrible, but Ja'Shawn Corbin ran for 72 yards. Lawrence Tefili ran for 72 yards. You know, and then you start looking at it and you say, boy, they they had some guys that could do some damage, you know, and then Jordan Travis ran for 90 yards. 
in that matchup. So there's some weapons in the run game to work with there. The question for them is going to be twofold. Number one, can the offensive line eliminate the mistakes that resulted in, in those just drive-killing tackles for loss? First and 10, you're minus four. Right. Is that's, that's a big part of it. And then can they – can they be, a, you know, that's where you come get down to the efficiency part. Can the offensive line play to that level? The second part we'll get into in a minute, and that is can the pass game provide them with some protection? Because right. that's the other part that's impressive about their run performance last year. Is nobody was afraid of Florida State throwing a ball on them last year, especially when Jordan Travis was a quarterback. Well, they were they were they were one dimensional. I mean, right. and, and and I mean that in the strictest sense of the word. No, nobody right. was worried about. I mean, we talk about teams packing the box against Notre Dame because they weren't worried about the pass game. Right. No, Notre Dame's pass game it was, was a Hall of Fame pass game in comparison to what yeah. Florida State did last yeah. year. Right. I but mean, in the it, game where they upset North Carolina, Vince, their 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 pass their quarterbacks went eight of nineteen for one hundred ninety one yards and one touchdown. They had like one couple long plays. They went eight of nineteen and went on the road or at home beat a ten, team at the time was top five. They right. weren't a real top five team. They were partly top five because some teams weren't even playing yet. Yeah, right. Uh, but you know, still, they went on the road, beat a team that everybody thinks is going to be a top 10, 10 team this year, beat them, and their quarterback completed eight passes. Yeah, right. Exactly. You but know? now, Jor- Jordan Travis was a threat with his legs, and you've yeah. already established that, and that's yeah. that's really how he hurt Notre right. Dame. Uh, you know, when, when Notre Dame w- was hurt by their offense, right. right? It was by him using his legs. Right. Um, and so he's a threat. If he, if he's going to be the quarterback, and see that, that that's the other thing. We don't even know who the quarterback is going to be, but this, we're talking about the rush offense for Florida state. If Jordan Travis is the quarterback that makes this an even deeper yeah. run game than if it's McKenzie Milton right quarterback so let's let's look at last year Vince when you look yeah. at Notre Dame I'm gonna take the Florida State game out here's what Notre Dame did on the ground last year with their rush defense this is yards allowed 76 106 96 44 88 34 to Clemson 85 and 87 that took them into the Syracuse game they gave up 229 against Syracuse we talked about that they had like an 80 yard run late they didn't right. wasn't that good of a game they had a lot of right junk. I remember that right route, that play yeah so in, in between that the the opener against Duke and the in the game against North Carolina Notre Dame gave up over 106 yards one time that was the Florida State they gave up 153 yards uh to Florida to Florida State in that game well then then you look at it and say okay well well, well Notre Dame had uh, four sacks for minus 22 yards. So you add 22 yards onto that, that that 175 gained like rushing yards. You take yeah. the sacks away. So they had some success. And as you said, a lot of that was Jordan Travis running around. That's not going to change if he's the quarterback this year. Right, absolutely. And, and this is where we're going to learn something about the Marcus Freeman defense. What was the kryptonite to Clark Lee in recent years? Mobile quarterbacks. It was mobile quarterbacks. Absolutely. Going, I mean – I mean, even in really to a degree, and during even during Mike Elko's tenure, yeah. if you go back all the way to 2017, yeah. Vince, it's been an issue for a while. Yeah, I mean, it, it's become yeah. it's become a go to phrase yeah. for people in the media because it's a real thing. Right, but like the the mobile quarterback is a problem yeah. for Notre Dame, et cetera. Well, it's et cetera. a problem for a lot of people, but it, right. it has been you, even going back to 2017. You had. You had a quarterback at Wake Forest. They, you know, you had you had Malik Rozier had some scrambles against Notre Dame that year, 2018. You know, th- they didn't play a whole lot of mobile quarterbacks that year. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and that was and that was a that was a great defense, right? First mobile quarterback they really played that year, if you want to be honest about it, other than uh than Malcolm Perry at Navy, uh, who doesn't really count. But <laughs> they yeah, you know, they knocked count. Eric Eric um Eric Dungey was a mobile quarterback. They knocked him out in the first quarter against Syracuse, if you remember that. That's right. Yeah. There weren't a whole lot of other mobile quarterbacks on the schedule that year. And then they played Trevor Lawrence, and his mobility was a problem for Notre Dame. Right. And you fast forward to 2019, they had issues with Jawan Pass at Louisville, if you remember that that year. I do. The first half against Virginia, Bryce Perkins gave them a lot of problems. It wasn't until the second half that they just unleashed hell on that Virginia yeah. offensive line. That was ugly. But Virginia was moving a ball on Notre Dame early. You know, Shea Patterson had some scrambles for chain moving plays and big plays in that that wet game. Uh, Virginia Tech didn't really have much of a mobile quarterback. The rest of the schedule didn't have much of a mobile quarterback. And guess what? Notre Dame shut all those teams down. Right. Uh, so, you know, that that's the kind of thing that you look at, Vince, and say that. And then, of course, Jordan Travis last year. I mean, this was a this was a 35-26 game in the second half, Vince. You know, Florida State had a lead at one point in time in that game. Now, part of that was, again, Notre Dame turning the ball over a bunch. Sure. But when you look at the run game, Vince, that's the part that's going to make this interesting. And then you look at against a Notre Dame defensive line that's undersized relative to Florida State, a defensive line or a front seven that's you know missing its anticipated will linebacker. I have projected, and I think you agree with me, correct me if I'm wrong, We that I believe that the run defense will, won't miss a beat with J.D. Bertrand compared to Maris Lufthout. We're going to find out in game one if that's yes, true. Yes, we not. will. Yes, we will. Because uh, that's going to that, yeah, that's going to be their crutch. Yeah. It's going to be their run game because they, right. they know right. they can do that. Right. I mean, that, yeah. Well, look, when you're calling plays, Brian, when you were an offensive court, or you know, when you were a, a, a you know the run game coordinator, pass game coordinator, whatever, and you're calling plays. You lean on what you're good at, right? You you right. lean on what if you you're know good. you if can you're any do. Good at what you do, yes, yeah. correct. Well, fair enough. Um, <laughs> fair that enough. wasn't a that wasn't a pushback, Vince. That was an add-on. No, no, no. Yes, what you're saying. Like, yes. yes, if you're but good if, at what you do, yes, that's exactly what you do. Right. You lean on what you're good at, and this is the first game of the season. So the last mm-hmm. time these guys were on the field, they were good at running the football. So mm-hmm. guess what? They're gonna run the football, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, a lot of this comes down to who the quarterback is. And obviously we're going to talk about that when we get into the pass game stuff. But when we're talking about the run game, if it's Jordan Travis, he's going to be involved in the run game. Right. He, and so Notre Dame. Well, and Mackenzie Milton. And then the flip side is if it's Mackenzie Milton, and he's playing to his potential. He's going to give them more of a pass game threat, which then right. protects the run game. So either way, right. the it's quarterback is going to impact yeah. the run game. Yes. Right. No question. No question. Right. It's, just, it's just a kind of a different way to prepare, though. Right. Because Mackenzie Milton is a pocket passer. He's not, right. especially coming off of his injury. Uh, well, he, he is. Saying, we, we think he is now. Yes. Yes. Correct. That's, that's what I was he referring to. He definitely wasn't that at UCF. But yes, right. uh, with that, I mean, kid lost over two years of football. Right. He's not going to look like the guy he was at UCF. And and if I'm his coach, I don't want him running around like especially a in the person. opener. Yeah. Especially in the opener. <laughs> and then Vince, what are some of the questions that we have? And this isn't questions about the defense in regards to we're worried about them being bad, but they're just questions that we have. Yeah. yeah. You know, how's MTA going to handle being a big end? Right. We've seen him in practice. Now we get to see him in, in a game. You know, are, are Adam Yola and Riley Mills going to be as good as we thought they're going to be? All right. How's Foskey going to be now as a starter? You know, you've got the Will linebacker situation with Louisville being out and J.D. Bertrand, who's never really played any high-leverage snaps during his career. You know, he's been mostly special teams guy. 
Drew White, does he bounce back and, right. and play better than he did last year? Jeremiah Wusukormo made some huge plays against Florida State last year. If you remember that one play where they ran a pitch play and he just came out and just crushed that running back. How's Jack Kaiser and, and those Rovers going to do playing that role? So there are – there's a lot we're going to learn oh, about yeah. this Notre Dame offense or this Notre Dame defense in the opener, in my opinion. And, and it's going to be on all levels of the defense. And yes. that's what makes this matchup very, very intriguing. Oh, it absolutely is. And it, it's those question marks that we think we may have answers to, at least in my head. Uh, but at the same time, we need to see it. And, and that's what I mean when I say questions. Yeah, it's just like, right. hey, we think that this is going to be good. Right. But now it's time to, okay, it's it's put up or shut up time now. Because, look, Notre Dame's been going against Notre Dame, you know, all, all through camp and, and what we've seen. And and we think that the, the front seven is going to be able to get after it in the run game. Well, mm -hmm. this is a great first test to see if that's the right. case. Uh, so we're, we're going to see if when the rubber meets the road, if they can actually put up or shut up. So uh, another uh, interesting part about this too, Vince, is I forgot to mention, and I, 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 I should have mentioned it, but also one of their starting offensive linemen at left guard is going to be Dylan Gibbons, the Notre Dame yeah, transfer. Right. Of course. Well, obviously he start he came in and played left guard last year for Notre Dame in this game. When Liam Eikenberg went out, they bumped Aaron Banks out to left tackle. Dylan right. Gibbons came in. He was in the game for a couple of those long runs. So, um, We'll see how he performs, you right. know, in this game. So it, it's going to be an intriguing matchup, no question about it. And they, they've got him at right guard. Is that accurate? It's what uh, the, I thought it was left guard. Okay, is, yeah. So so the, the 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 depth chart that they released. So we record. We're recording this show on Monday night. Uh, they released their depth chart today. Okay, he was at left guard. Okay. Uh, so so that was. And here's another thing too about this: a couple guys that were starters for them last year for a chunk of the season got beat out in fall camp on the offensive line too. So that's another sign if you're Florida State. You know, Dante Lucas was a starter at times last year. Uh, Baby on Johnson started some games for them last year. Those are two veteran guys. Johnson's a redshirt senior. Lucas is a redshirt sophomore, meaning he's at least a third-year player. Those guys are on the bench yeah, because of some of these younger guys. So you, you have to think that the coaching staff believes they're putting a more talented group of blockers on the field. That's going to be the intriguing matchup. And, and if the Notre Dame defensive line is as good as we think it's going to be, it's going to have to show up in this part of the game. Yes, no question. So advantage time. Notre Dame run uh, rush defense versus Florida State's rush offense. Who you got? It was very close to going even on this one, Vince. But I'm really? going to give a slight edge to Notre Dame because I, I do think this is a, a talented group and if jordan travis is a quarterback that makes me want to go even uh i'm yes you know I, but that's still a that. situation i think notre dame has the edge along the lines F florida state has some some issues has some skill that could give notre dame some props i'm going to lean towards notre dame advantage but i think it's going to be a lot closer than some people think because this is going to be one of the better running teams notre dame faces all year that number right there to, to the you know that 31st ranking vince that wasn't a fluke yeah that was it, it's not like they went and had a game last year where they you know they the jacksonville state you saw they ran for 263 against jacksonville state they ran for 151 against miami 153 against notre dame 241 against carolina 265 against louisville 324 against duke i'm sorry that yeah yeah so that's that's what they did so I mean that's that's good work yeah that's good work by Florida State no question about it so I am also going to go with Notre Dame I I've just seen so too much in person at practice 
the athleticism, the quickness off the ball, all mm-hmm. of that from this front uh, for Notre Dame. Uh, you know, Jason Adamiola, Riley Mills, MTA, you know, just that whole group, seeing what they've been doing at practice with my own two eyes. I, I can't I can't go with Florida State. I, ha- mm-hmm. I I have a lot of faith in what this front is going to do. And then you add in Marcus Freeman to kind of activate mm-hmm. these linebackers and, and what mm-hmm. they're going to be able to do. Um, especially JD Bertrand, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do with him in the run game, because I think he can be a very active player in the run game. And I I just, I want to see what Marcus Freeman does when he activates that group. So I'm taking Notre Dame. I think I'm a little bit more confident than you are, but again, it, if, if, if Mackenzie Milton is the quarterback, I'm super confident in the run defense, super confident. If it's, if it's Jordan Travis, I, it, it comes back, it comes back a little bit, right? Because of that mobile quarterback situation mm-hmm. and all, all everything we just talked about, it does come back for me. But it's still going to be an advantage to Notre Dame. And, and one last thing that, that that I think plays in Notre Dame's favor too is the Florida State people have been making a lot of the fact that Mike Norvell has faced Marcus Freeman a lot. Mike Norvell had a lot of success against the Cincinnati defense when he was at, when he's at, at Memphis. At, at Memphis. That was early in the Cincinnati tenure. They were replacing a fired coaching staff. Right. Uh, and and it took them a while. He didn't face the 2019 and 2020 versions of Florida State. You, you know what I mean? Or or Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati. So, right. Correct. And, and well, Notre Dame's talent level wasn't there either. And that makes a difference. Right. Well, he did face the 2019 version. They didn't face the, the 2018 Memphis team that beat Cincinnati twice in back-to-back games, I believe. Or was that 2019? I always get this. Yeah. So 2019, they beat uh, Memphis beat Cincinnati back-to-back games, and it was one in the end of the regular season, then one in the 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 championship AAC title game. Yeah, right. And they had success running the ball on Cincinnati in both of those games. Okay, it wasn't until 2020 that the Cincinnati defense really took off. So those are the things you have to look at and say, okay, what are they going to be like? Well, in 2020, Cincinnati held Memphis to five yards rushing. Well. Mike Norvell wasn't there anymore. Right. So those are the things you look at and say, oh, okay, advantage who? Well, to me, it's advantage Memphis. Because if you look at those those matchups, Memphis had – they were deeper into Mike Norvell's tenure. He took over sure. for a coach who had success. Justin Fuente did a great job, got the Virginia Tech job. So they were further along. Well, now it's Marcus Freeman that has the advantage in talent. Right. Absolutely. It's Mark, you know, and 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 those type of things. So that's going to be really interesting. I think that is something that plays a little bit into Marcus Freeman's favor. Even though Mike Norvell got the edge on him in their matchups in the AAC, I think that's going to benefit Marcus Freeman more than it's going to benefit Mike Norvell. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show 
by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's move on to our second category, Brian. Pass defense for Notre Dame versus the pass offense for Florida State. And I think this is the biggest question mark because yeah, we don't know who the teams. quarterback is going to be for Florida State. And defensively for Notre Dame, you pretty much got a brand new secondary out there within reason. Um, and so you got a lot of unknowns coming in uh, on, on in this aspect of the mm-hmm. offense versus the defense. I think the bigger unknown is that, well, for, for us, because we're not at Florida State practice, right, because they haven't named a starter, that's the bigger question mark for me mm-hmm. is who the quarterback's going to be. If it's if it's Travis, uh, I'm really in no way worried about the pass game. I'm just not. I'm sorry. Well, I, I guess I'm where not. I would say I would disagree with you is I'm not worried about him picking the Notre Dame defense apart. Where I'm concerned about this matchup, Vince, is him scrambling around. The safeties are like, uh-oh, Travis is running again, and he pulls up sure. and throws it over your head. That's where Jordan Travis had success last year. Those are the areas where I feel like that's where you run that risk of, okay, you want to have your safeties coming down and helping in the pass game or you sure. know, in the run game or when he scrambles. I mean, again, as I pointed out in the North Carolina game, he only went 8 of 19 against North Carolina. Yeah. But it went for 191 yards. Right. Right? Those were big, big plays. plays. Yeah, right. And, you know, averaged – even though he was at 42% completions, they averaged 10.1 yards per attempt in that game. Wow. You know what attempt. I mean? Yeah. Right, even though, and you don't see that when you're completing under 450, barely over 40% of your passes, and that's because uh, of what they did in the in the you know the big plays. I mean, they they averaged 23.9 yards per catch in those games, so it was just a bunch of bombs over there. It was it's almost kind of like they were a modern version of Navy. If Navy like kind of came into the modern era. And what would a Navy offense look like if they weren't a pure triple option team anymore? It's what Florida State looked like last year with Jordan Travis, the quarterback, right? And that's the danger. When everybody gets sucked in because they're worried about the run, and then they throw it over the top because you've got your eyes in the backfield. That's that's essentially what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. And they have enough athletes in the skill positions at receiver you know, when you look at Keyshawn Helton, you look at Ontario Wilson, when you look at Cam McDonald, they're 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 tight end. They like to use their backs in the pass game. I mean, Lawrence Tefili, I think what did I say? Three yards for like minus three carries for like minus one yards against Notre Dame last year. We had a 31 yard catch where he lines up in the slot, runs a corner out, beats Houston Griffith, then catches the ball and gets a 31 yard gain. Right. So that's you know, am I worried about Jordan Travis dropping back and picking Notre Dame apart? No, not at all. Do I think that their offensive line can protect the quarterback? I hope not. If they can't, so. then that's yeah. going to be a problem. That's going to be a bad sign for Notre Dame. Yes. The good fear, point. however, that I think we need to, to look at is they don't have to go 23 of 30 to hurt the Notre Dame defense in the pass game. They just have to go 10 of 17 with a couple bombs. Yeah. And that's the to, – because, to, again, we, we talked – they almost averaged 200 yards rushing a game last year despite the fact they gave up a million sacks – and Jordan Travis wasn't any worse last year than he's going to be this year. Sure. Right? And so now they don't have Tamori and Terry, which as a player hurts them, but as a as a culture in your locker room helps them. Yeah. They had yeah. a couple – couple, two or three really headaches on their roster last year receiver. Those guys are gone. And so to, when I look at, at, at Florida State, they weren't very good throwing the ball this year. But, look, that was Notre Dame's weakness on defense last year. 
they're look they're, they're passing those numbers are pretty mediocre well, absolutely and, and when especially when you consider where the pass defense was the previous two years Notre Dame had a top 10 pass defense in 2019 and 2018 they were outstanding well all the guys from that defense are gone and now it's okay well what will this group be now again we we could talk about some of the issues that Notre Dame had last year in the past defense you know Sean Crawford playing safety he got sure. exposed against sure. against Florida State they had Sean Crawford playing corner remember that Yep. And he got smoked by uh, Tamori and Terry a couple times, one for a long touchdown. Well, Sean Crawford's been playing corner. He's playing corner because dudes were out with COVID. Yeah, right. Because That's Notre right. Dame went almost a month between the South Florida game and the Florida State game because of COVID. You know, so you have to factor that into it. But, you know, look, is Clarence Lewis, is, is he going to be ready to play in this game? Is Tariq Bracey going to be back to the guy that he was in 2018 as a true freshman? Florida State, Florida State tried to go deep on him several times. They went 0 for 6 trying to test Tariq Bracey back in 08 or 2018. Is he going to be back to being that guy? Is Cam Hart ready to step up and be a playmaker? And the other th- concern that I have is, look, the second safety, they Notre Dame, Florida State took advantage of that last year multiple times for big plays. They didn't go after Sean. They went after Sean Crawford, and they went after the Houston Griffith and DJ Brown. That's who they went, and, and Shane Simon in the pass game. That's who they attacked. And and Mark Mike Norvell is a smart football. He didn't get here. Right. He didn't become the head coach of Florida State right. just just because you know his his stunning good looks or because they thought it was cool. He used to have cornrows when he played at Central Arkansas, right? It's because this Stop guy's it. a really yes, he did. Stop you didn't it. know that. Stop it. You didn't know that. Oh, I got to show no. you that when the show's over. Oh yeah. my gosh, Mike Norvell is a really good smart football coach and he's coached against Notre Dame before not just last year and again that's the other thing Mike Norvell wasn't at this game last year no he wasn't and that's a that's a point I don't think a lot of people are bringing up at least Notre Dame fans yeah I'm sure Florida State fans are well we didn't even have our head coach you know at that game but yeah I mean that's still a very good point point is both teams were hurt by COVID last year Notre Dame hadn't played in a month and, and Florida State didn't have their head coach who's their offensive you know Right, he's their offensive coordinator, essentially. He faced Notre Dame twice when he was at Arizona State. They scored on Notre Dame both times in that game. If you remember, even though Notre Dame won in 2013, Arizona State still scored scored a lot. And then, of course, in 2014, they scored over 50 points, although they were aided by, like, like, what, two pick sixes that game? Right? So, anyway, I I think he's a smart offensive coach. I really like Mike Norvell as an offensive mind. I, I think that is an area that, that we have to take into consideration that this isn't just some talented team with a coach who can't direct them. That's right, the Willie. Right. That was that was the case in the Willie Taggart era. Oh yeah, that's not the case in the Mike Norvell area. So he's going to have them schemed up. He's he he's going to have athletes to throw to. Like I said, and they've got some freshman receivers this year. Uh, Josh Burrell, Malik McLean. There's some good football players there. Again, no great ones, but some good players there. If the Notre Dame secondary is as bad as maybe some outsiders think it's going to be, this could be a problem. Yeah. And for you and I, guys that think the secondary is going to be better, this is going to be a legitimate test for them. And, and, and you and I both know, Vince, even if Jordan Travis is missing receivers, you and I are going to be able to evaluate this game and say, you know what? That guy was missing receivers. This is going to be a problem in future games because they're going to have quarterbacks are going to be more accurate, you know, right. in this regard. Yeah. If guys are running open and just because he's not hitting them, then we're going to have a different discussion oh, yeah. when we're talking on Monday or Tuesday or whenever you and I get together and talk. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a different discussion because the, look, Notre Dame still has to cover these guys. And mm-hmm. you're going to be at the game. You're going to see the all 22 because that's going to be your sight line. Right. And you're going to be able to tell me. And I'm, I, 
I dread the text where you text me and you're like, uh, tight end was wide open down the yeah. middle or, you know, yeah. the, he, he missed the post completely that was open or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. If I start getting those texts, that's when I start to get a little bit worried. Right. Right. Now, again, part of that could be first game jitters. But again, sure. this is a test for the Notre Dame defense. And it's also going to be a big test for the Notre Dame pass rush. Big time. This is not a great Florida State offensive line in the past. They're a much better group of run blockers than they are pass blockers. At least that's how they right. were last year. That was also true of Dylan Gibbons during his tenure at Notre Dame. So is Notre Dame going to be able to take advantage of that? That's going to that's another question mark that I have. They should. If they can't, that's going to be again. You talk about right. early red flags, that would be one. Now you could chalk it up to first games and all that kind of stuff, but there does come a point in time when you have to say, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's a team you should you should thrive. So we talked about the concerns we have on the perimeter. That's the greatest way to neutralize it is right there, Vince. Well, you and want to neutralize great athletes, get to the yeah. quarterback. And that's quarterback. my that's my biggest uh takeaway from the pass offense versus the pass defense for Notre Dame. And I've I've been saying it all along. That's how you protect a young secondary or, or an inexperienced secondary is by getting after the quarterback. And I and I think that this Notre Dame front, whether it's the front four, three, three slash four, or mm-hmm. you know, in a combination of with the with the linebackers, um, I, I think that they're going to be able to do that. And that the biggest weakness to this pass offense is the offensive line going into this game that we know about, right? Mm-hmm. Now they are shuffling some things around. There's guys like you said that aren't starting that started last year. Obviously, Dylan Gibbons is an addition that he wasn't there last year. But as a unit, they're gonna have to prove to me that they can stop the pass rush. Right. They're going to have to. And I don't think that they're going to be able – they may be able to slow it down a little bit, but I don't think they're going to be able to contain it the whole time. And I think that's the biggest mismatch in this, uh, you know, in this show for me mm-hmm. is Notre Dame's pass rush versus Florida State's offensive yeah. line. I just don't think that they can stop them. Agree. I, I agree based on what we've seen. Now, Notre Dame has to prove us correct on that. Oh. and. Yeah, And again, this this is going to be interesting because if Florida State, in my opinion, is going to go after Cam Hart and they're going to go after Houston Griffith. They're going to say, because they went after Houston last year. Remember, Houston was committed to Florida State for a while, if you remember correctly, uh, as part of the 2018 class. Notre Dame flipped them from Florida State. They went after him last year. Houston did not play well. He gets a chance at redemption. And then you look at, at Cam Hart. They're going to go after him. Hey, what's this kid? You know, converted yeah. wide receiver. Let's go after him. So we're both of those guys are going to get challenged early. And I'm and curious that's what to I would see do. I mean, yeah. And look, I I have I think I think Houston Griffith is playing with a confidence level that we haven't seen before. And he didn't have that last year. No, gosh, gosh, no. I and I've I've seen it with my own two eyes again. I've seen him playing with that confidence. So I agree with you. I think that's exactly what Florida State is going to do. They're going to go after three, and they're going to go after five, and that's what they should do based on past results and based on a smart coach would do that. And Mike Norvell is a smart coach. Absolutely. But I have faith in the guys that they're going to be going up against. So So. advantage Vince for you in this game, in this, in the past game matchup goes to, it it goes to Notre Dame and it's because of the past rush. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I said, I have faith in the guys in the back. I do, but I still need to kind of see it. Yeah. I have more faith in the pass rush versus Florida state's offensive line. Yeah, look, I mentioned that Florida State has good players. Keyshawn Helton's a good short, you know, kind of good route runner, really shifty kind of guy with some speed. Ontario Wilson's a good solid football player. Andrew Parchment's a really good route runner. He transferred from Kansas. You know, he's kind of their big guy. 
you know, he's six two, six three. The other two kids are like six foot five nine. Uh, they're going to bring some big guys off the bench. So they're going to be able to throw a lot at Notre Dame, and I do like their talent. I like Cam McDonald at tight end. Their running backs can make plays in the pass game, but I think Notre Dame's got some athletes too that I'm excited yeah. to see. And and so I think ultimately it's really close from a skill standpoint. Although, but I give Notre Dame the advantage because one name we didn't mention is. Kyle Hamilton, right. the best player on the football field in this matchup is going to be on wearing a Notre Dame helmet. Okay, uh, so so that's something that you look at. I think that helps. I think Notre Dame can match them athlete for athlete, if not superior, slightly superior. But it's in the trenches where Notre Dame should have the big advantage, and that's why I give Notre Dame a clear advantage in this part of the game. And if that turns out not to be true, then this is probably going to be a more competitive game than we think it will be. So the final. Uh, part of our show is we talk about the scoring defense or the, the the total defense versus the total offense and kind of our overall thoughts. Uh, it's kind of a summary of what we just did, but diving into the numbers a little bit more specifically, um, obviously Notre Dame has excellent rank. Uh, I mean, you can see it right there, you know, points per game, they're 14, you know, th their third down defense was excellent last year. I mean, absolutely mm -hmm. excellent. Um, and they were really good in the red zone defensively, um, you know, preventing touchdowns. So, and then you they look were at the really other bad in the red zone overall, but in regards yeah, to forcing right. threes instead of six, they were pretty good. Yes. Correct. In, 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 all, in correct. that, yes, exactly. Exactly. Yep. And they then got to get better, but yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And you look at Florida State, obviously, their numbers, I mean, you just, just look at the numbers. They don't right. compare. They're not in the top 50 in anything. But, yeah, exactly. And, and again, the arrow's pointing up. I mean, they can only get better, but again, I think they need to solidify their quarterback situation, and maybe they have, but to our knowledge at this point, as we're talking, they haven't publicly, uh, and I think that's going to make a big difference in this matchup, who who it is, you know, what yeah. that matchup's going to look like. Yeah, Vince, I, I just, at the end of the day, I, I look at this, and I think the number at the very bottom is going to be the key in this game, and, and that's turnovers. I think if Notre Dame can be disruptive against Florida State, look, in my opinion, they're going to give up two or three big plays in this game. Okay. And I'm talking like 30-plus. Okay. I think they're going to give up two or three big plays. That's Florida State has that ability. They're athletic enough to where one misassignment in the run game results in a 40-yard game. They're going to have a couple yeah. of those plays. I, it's game one. When it's we talk one. about game one mistakes, we talked about this in yesterday's show. We talked about this in the show we recorded this morning, uh, You know, the, the our Monday show. You're going to have game one mistakes, right? Someone's right. going to miss a gap. Someone's going to get beat. They're going to, you know, get grabby on a on a on a press and get beat over the top. It's going to happen. If they can be disruptive with tackles for loss, which they have a huge advantage of statistically, if they can be productive and disruptive with sacks, which they have a big advantage of statistically, we also think they have a, an advantage in the actual players. Then the result's going to be third down. We're going to see Notre Dame dominate. As we said last year, Notre Dame ranked 11th. The floor stays 101st. And then Notre Dame's going to be disruptive and force turnovers. Those bottom two, to me, are the stats that are going to matter most in this game. If you're giving up a few big plays, but you're forcing them off the field, it's like if you, because you can't hit enough home runs to beat Notre Dame, in my opinion. Agreed. They're, they're not going to do that, barring the Notre Dame offense collapsing. If, you, if, right. if Florida State can't consistently put some drives together, which I don't think they're going to do. Um, then, then, and if Notre Dame can force a few turnovers, two or three turnovers in this game, even if it's just two, then then I think Notre Dame dominates this matchup, and, and they'll they'll be able to easily survive and 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 take a couple of those big body blows that I think Florida State will give with some big plays, run game and pass game. I guess like that they're going to get two or three big plays, as long as you're making stops all the other times. 
being successful, turning some of the – this is the big thing about big plays, Vince, and I'm sure you felt this way as a in, in high school. I don't mind giving up a big play as long as it doesn't go for six. Absolutely. And I think of the Virginia Tech game of 2018. Notre Dame gives up that big, long run right up the middle. Osmar Bilal catches the guy at like the one-yard line, and they end up stopping him and forcing a field goal instead of a touchdown, right? Give me another chance to make a stop, you know? Don't let those big plays be for six. Yeah. If they can do that, then I think Notre Dame dominates this matchup. Even though it'll be competitive, it'll be a great test for Notre Dame, Florida State doesn't have the overall athleticism and talent that they had when these teams played back in 2014. Florida State won at the very end, you know, lost Notre Dame lost to that undefeated Florida State team defending champs. And I would argue that this Notre Dame team is better than that Notre Dame team. Sure. So I, I see this as being a, a, a clear advantage for Notre Dame, even though it's closer than the one we talked about yesterday. Well, and I feel like Notre Dame's offense, and, and I know this is not an offensive show for Notre Dame, but, but I but, but go it with has, it because it, it does yeah. tie in. It does it tie absolutely, in. And, and it ties in for me because I think the Notre Dame offense is going to be able to score, and that's going to allow the Notre Dame defense to take more chances, yep. be more aggressive. And, and that's, that's where, where they can pick up. one becomes a big, absolutely. big part, Vince. And, yes. and again, that's where they could potentially give up some big plays. But I think the score is going to be such that it's not going to make that much of a difference. Right. And I feel like this Notre Dame defense is just going to be swarming all over the place, playing – under control, but like swarming you know, is just how they're going to play. I mean, that's, yes, yes, and right. and they're going to be able to do that because the scoreboard's going to be in their favor, you know. And right. I and I feel like Florida State is going to take more chances, and it's going to bite them. And that's where that turnover stat is really going to come into play. I agree with you. I think Notre Dame is going to force a few of those, and this game's going to be over. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this defense. And people don't freak out if there's a couple big plays. Because just that's what fans it. do. Just yeah, yeah expect it. <laughs> yeah, they have dudes. They have if guys. They stop them from doing that. That's a great sign. Oh, and and yeah. to your point, that's how the Notre Dame offense can impact this game. Is if Notre yes. Dame jumps on them seventeen to three, and you take floor, it, 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 then it's like if Florida State just wants to run a ball on us. Okay, okay, okay. Fine. take yeah. the next six minutes off the clock. Absolutely, you know, because you don't have enough time to. You know what I mean? And that's where the offense, if Notre Dame can jump out to a big lead. Then Florida State has to go to the air more. Maybe we see them put McKenzie Milton in the game. Maybe they put Chubba Purdy in the game at that point in time if they have to air it out. Well, now you just took all you know Florida State's biggest weapon off the field, right? In Jordan Travis, his the most explosive, Jordan the most Travis's explosive legs. guy right. they've got. Yeah, right, right. So if you're jump on them and Florida State can't just sit back and throw the ball, can't just go run the ball, you know, and 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 you're limiting those big plays, and they have to maybe put more of a passer in the game. That that's playing right into Notre Dame's hands. So that's where the Notre Dame offense, absolutely, your correct, Vince, can have a big role in this game. If they can make Florida State one dimensional with the score, right? They don't have a chance to move the ball on Notre Dame. Right. Where it they're going to be able to yeah. have success is if they're able to stay balanced. If this is a competitive, if they're down seven to ten points, no more than seven to ten points throughout the game, they can stay balanced. They can put their, they can do what they do. Then they'll have they'll be able to make some plays in this game. If Notre Dame can jump on them, take them out of their game plan, or if they can be really disruptive up front and defensively get some TFLs and some sacks on first and second down, put Florida State in more pass oriented situations, then Notre Dame's have some success. And I think this Notre Dame defense is going to have a lot more speed on the field yeah. than it did when they played Florida State last year, because again, Notre Dame was down some guys. When they played this game last, and the guys year. playing out of position. I mean, you mentioned it. Sean Crawford's playing corner. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. guys playing where they weren't necessarily the best. You know, last year, 
So right. I think that makes a big difference. So I think it's obvious, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Advantage to Notre Dame. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Again, this is the side of the ball. If Florida is going to pull off the upset, this side's going to have to make some plays. But at the end of the day, they don't have enough horsepower. They don't have a, a quarterback. They have a if you could take Mackenzie Milton as a thrower from two years ago and put him with Jordan Travis as a runner, that that would scare me. But that does that player doesn't exist in Tallahassee. That player's, you know, playing somewhere else right now. You know, he's yeah, right. He's playing in Jacksonville with the Jaguars or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like that guy's not at Florida State right now. Or he played back in '93, but he ain't on that team now. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. that's where it's advantage Notre Dame in a lot of ways. All right, Brian, that's going to do it for our first edition of the defensive side of the ball for Notre Dame in our stacking up segment. And we appreciate everybody being with us. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.